You start. I'll start. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. That's what they do to you, right? They gaslight you. They do, they say, "No, you be the one." You give you the last word. Now, give now. I'll tell you what the last word was. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Mind Virus Podcast. Today is November 9th. Find us on the web, mindvirus.show. No, you do not need to adjust your audio equipment. Both Mister Flood and Mister Bruno have appear to have caught the common cold. We are a moral failure. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't obey uh, well enough. The sun dipped Actually, a little bit I, after, the, after the equinox. It got cloudy. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's I, not your fault. Was it someone else's? Somebody, it? Some other irresponsible person, they wiped the virus on me. Really? Yeah. Were they vaccinated? Obviously not. They're irresponsible. Okay. <laughs> what is that noise? That's your uh, your AC going again. All right. Well, I turned it. Well, whatever. We're just going to plow through this. Okay. We're just doing it? Yeah. Okay. Because our tradition is not to edit anything out, even though we say we're going to cut stuff out. I do put a noise gate on there. That's for your benefit, listeners, because we want you to have the bare naked truth. Or at least what, what we perceived as the reality that was going on during the podcast. Well, how, other than that, how you doing? Good. I, uh, I took a little road trip <clears throat> to Las Vegas. It's a big city southwest of here. And it was like going back in time, like a year or so. Like everybody's masked. I got asked to leave a convenience store because I walked in. And imagine this. We're in a time in our lives where... If you don't walk into a convenience store with your face covered, you're asked to leave. You're talking about like a 7-Eleven? It was a 7-Eleven in Las Vegas. I just I went in for ice. And honestly, like... It didn't even occur, huh? It didn't even occur to me. Because you had just recently probably been in St. George, bastion of uh, rebelliousness. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I was in St. George for a bit. But there's a lot of good status in St. George. Right. But, if, okay, so do you have any friends living down there? Uh, yeah, I know a few people. I've heard there. it's pretty, it's been pretty anti-status during this COVID thing. I was there a year ago. And when, when the kind of the hysteria was, was reaching a crescendo here in Utah and St. George, was an, it was a nice break from that. But anyway, in Vegas, there's still a mandate. I went to a grocery store and nobody said anything, and it was probably 90% masked. <clears throat> With the 7-Eleven, she says, do you have a mask? I say, and I almost said, what on earth for? <laughs> <laughs> you should have. Or I could have said, no, but I've got a gun. <laughs> I've got half of my robbing kit. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have a gun, but uh, I lost mine in a boating accident. Boating accident. But yes. I said, oh, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't have one. She says, then you need to leave. I said, okay. And I just, and I walked out. She says, have a nice day. I said, I already have. <laughs> but 
It was, it was, you know, it was warm down there. It was like 80, 80 degrees. Uh-huh. People were like sweating through their masks. And people were dropping like flies. Of the, I can't imagine. Can you imagine like because of the Moderna August, variant or can the? You, can you imagine August down there trying to wear a mask everywhere you go? Like this is abuse of humanity. But anyway, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm doing doing well. Anything interesting going on in Vegas? Oh, just a sports tournament that uh, kids were involved in. My, mine. Not <laughs> just you went among down, others. I've heard that in in those southern. Uh, environs that uh, they have children's sports tournaments right so it's i periodically like, <laughs> go down to watch no, i was involved <laughs> like i drove my kid down there and he participated in a sporting tournament which they do have a lot of those going on be, be this time of year because it's warm and las vegas has these sprawling sports complexes well they're the convention the city. city or yeah. yeah they're convention center usa it reminds me of uh, your little comment there. It reminds me of when there's, it's always a little creepy, odd when you see like a, an adult male alone at, at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It's like, maybe. We don't should. go to Disneyland, but that might be odd, yeah. I, 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 this, might, uh, this might be the thing that gets me banished from the family, but I despise Disneyland. Really? Why? Well, number one, it's. Absolutely, absurdly priced. Okay, that's one of my main reasons. Not just a ticket to get into the park, but everything in the park. Oh, yeah. To feed my family inside the park. Can you bring food in the park <coughs> these days? I, I think so. Because, I mean... I think they allow that shred of dignity to the, to the peons and the, and the peasants to bring... Who have food. saved and, and, and uh, committed their life savings at the altar of uh, Walt Disney to right. enter the enter the temple complex and worship at the feet of all the, all the gods of the Disney <laughs> as they run I'm around. i trying to do a Mickey Mouse. I can't do it with my cold. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> and and this, the Disney princesses walk around and take pictures. And yeah, you, could wait, you can wait in a long line to get your picture with an actor dressed up as a princess. It, so they have lines like, yeah, you you think you can? I just thought walk they wandered up. around. And, yeah, uh, but they they have a handler with them sometimes oh. too that keep the crowds at bay, and it's oh, almost really? like they're actual royalty. Really? And you got to wait in line, and they're ruthless about it. When it's time for that person to go, sorry, everybody else that was in line yeah, is you, done. You wait in line, and some little three year old girl with her little Disney signature book is going to get turned away. Sorry, we have to. We have to go. Yeah. But I, yeah. And, and then I don't like going, paying a lot of money to go to a place to stand in line over and over mm-hmm. and over all day. I mean, I, I could do that at the DMV or I could do that at the airport. I could do that numerous places that don't cost <laughs> as much money to get into. But I have a family that really enjoys it. And I've become, in my old age, I've become the guy that doesn't go on the rides, but rather I sit in the shade on a bench with those mangoes with the, with the chili spicy powder you can put on them, which obviously are overpriced. I'm not even, I don't even know what this is. And I sit in the shade and I watch the strollers and the purses and things. 
while everyone goes on. Oh, the yeah, because, yeah, there's all kinds of equipment for a, an entourage that yeah, large. large extended family, which is how we use So you're that it. guy. Yeah. I put in earbuds and I listen to a book or a podcast or music or whatever. Mm. Occasionally, if one of the nephews or nieces in the stroller starts squawking, I'll, I'll, I'll pace, you know, I'll push the stroller. I'm not going to change diapers. I changed those. I did the diaper thing for many years in my own family. I'm not changing nephews and nieces. Right. They could sit in their filth till mom gets off of the, off, off of the Tw- space ten, mountain. 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> it's only going to be a few minutes, kid. <laughs> Blame your mom. She's the one who abandoned you to go on a roller coaster. She abandoned you to me. <laughs> to me. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like Disneyland for a lot of reasons. I read recently, well, yesterday or the day before on Twitter, take it for what it's worth, that there was a ride at Disney World. That's the Florida one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that a ride was stopped. Oh, hey, the air stopped. Okay. Uh, a ride was stopped because a three-year-old child didn't keep her mask on. So they stopped the ride and forced it on her, and the parents had to force it on her so they could continue the ride. Like they were mid-mountain mid, uh, on the, well, on the it, roller coaster, it, like it, they were halfway a, down, and I they're like, hold on a second, stop. They stop them right I, in the middle of the hill. I think it was a train or something, and maybe they didn't, I think what they did is they didn't, you know, everyone loads on. And this is a little kid, a little toddler, so it wasn't a big ride. Probably some, I, they had the name of it, I don't remember. But, you know, you, everyone loads onto these rides and, and then they take off. But they wouldn't take off until she got this, they got this toddler mask. Mm-hmm. That saved good, everyone. Good job, Disney. Good job. Wow. We yeah, living, Disneyland. We're, we're, why, why were we talking about Disneyland? I don't know, but we're living in a just absurd world. Absurd, yeah. It's, just, it's like the absurdity ramps up more and more every day. Like Pete, but a bit of gig, but a bit of gig. But but gig is, I think, is how it's pronounced. But gig, but a good gig. He he said that. I'll just read the quote. You know, this is a this is amazing, it, and, and it's, we have a lot of smart people. It's Buttigieg, right, or something like that. No, I think I was right the first time. Buttigieg, Okay. But yeah, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. He's the transportation. It's secretary. spelled butt gig. He's the transportation secretary. He was the mayor of like what South Bend, Indiana, or something. He's a nobody. Well, he roads said, are racist. Apparently, though. if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids to a beach in New York was designed too low for it to pass by, that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. That's all we have for today, folks. Our brains just fell out of our skulls. Yeah. No, no, we have I, a lot I of was, smart people on this that listen to this podcast. I don't. Maybe one of you can make sense of that. Is it only black and Puerto Rican kids? What if a bus is too tall and it has some Mexican kids or some uh, Italians or I don't know some kids from Denver or Newark or what is going on? <laughs> I think I think in the last um, 150 years. And significantly affecting a lot of human history, but especially the last 150 years, 
I think that it's mass media that that defines the reality. Like me, media and the public square is what defines the reality for the people. We may Absolutely. have dealt, we may be living in an entirely not notwithstanding the the hidden spirit world and the fallen nature of the world and the evil ones that are just outside the veil. You know the 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 idea from the I don't know if we even teach this anymore in the in the correlated halls of the. <laughs> of of the regu- regulated <laughs> buildings <laughs> edifices of the institutions of religions and Christianity anymore. I don't know if we do, you know, if you can get past the the mask gatekeepers, but I'm wondering do we do we even teach that those evil that the devil is real? Do we teach that? Do we teach that there's an evil force, a war going on? I mean, kind of, yes, but we sort of dance around it with ideas like we we use terms like the adversary or temptation. I think we dance around it. I don't think we hit it head on. I think it's almost taboo. I'm not just saying within our own Mormonism. I'm saying, like you said, Christianity in general, I think sort of dances around it. There's sort of an assumption that the, the only thing that those guys are interested in is getting you to smoke a joint or right. getting you to want to look at a naked member of the opposite sex or getting you to kill uh, somebody or strangle somebody. try to take somebody's money or something sure. that's like that's the extent of their efforts right they would never try to subjugate humanity in a massively coordinated effort did you um did you see any of this news about the Travis Scott concert? Yeah, but let's before we get to that. I mean, I want to finish my thought because I think you know, for I was asking, do we do we even teach about the war? But my point was the the war beyond the veil, right? right? But my point is that it has become undescribably i'm having a hard time describing it so the word is indescribable it's almost indescribably absurd and uh, as i was uh, coming over here today i was passing by the homes of people that i knew and i was thinking i wonder what they're thinking you know because i've had past conversations with people and i i was thinking as a society we really don't interact much with each other i know we go to church some of us go to church and uh, spend time together on a weekly basis in a very controlled fashion. It's a very controlled fashion. You have to admit that whatever type of institutional church you're, you're attending, that there's a, an agenda. They might even print it and call it the agenda <laughs> <laughs> or the, pro- the program. program. So... Yeah, yeah, I have to admit that that's going on. And so I was thinking, if there were a breakdown, what... What sort of breakdown are you thinking? Well, like, where we had to talk to each other more often. Like in a... In a, in a, in a, a technological... situation? A technological or, or an economic shutdown. I, maybe it's a natural disaster. Maybe it's a technical problem. You know... But if, if they, 
if they're not all distracted by their jobs and other otherwise occupied by the television or something, and we had to actually interact, how well would I get along with these people? And then I was thinking, what am I still doing here? <laughs> right. And so that was one of the things I wanted to talk about is what should we do? Because last, last week we were talking about, um, you know, what's next, what's coming. And I think whether it's this year or next year, one, one of the headlines that's sticking in my craw right now is that the infrastructure bill that the Democrats and uh, people like Mitt Romney, who's a, a tyrannical statist, people like them have passed, which is going to spend tons of money that doesn't exist. So it's, it's basically chain, putting a ball and chain upon our future and our children and on us in our old age. They economically, they want to have the equivalent of breathalyzers installed in every automobile by the year 2026. Now, that doesn't mean you'll have a breathalyzer, but what they're mandating is some sort of equipment that will tell if, that will track the driver's behavior. Well, that you have to use in order for the car to start. Yeah, that will track the driver's behavior and could potentially shut it down. And if you don't have uh, that, you can't drive or you can't sell the new car, right? So they also put in their money, tons of money, millions of dollars to study how to charge people per mile based on their net worth or income. So to tax people for use of the roads per mile. And this is all, they're not talking about 2050. They're talking about within three to four or five years. And that matches the 10-year reset program here. So, you know, I have this ominous feeling that stuff is happening and it may not happen this year, but it appears that the, the goal is to have it happen within nine years. They, they've marketed that great re- reset by 2030. Yeah, agenda 2030. And it, and it seems, I think it's, the evidence is showing that it's happening. There, I don't how, we're trying to, like, one of, the, one of the great pieces of good news that came out over the week was that the state of Texas and several other states joined together in a lawsuit against Biden's vaccine mandate. And a federal appeals court actually stayed it, meaning stopped it temporarily. And so it can't go into effect. That actually occurred. That, that made news last week. And uh, that's good news. But it's that one step forward two steps backwards problem mm-hmm. where this problem, problem reaction solution, the Hegelian dialectic, as some scholars call it, where, where the, uh, the counterparties in this struggle move a little bit towards one direction, let's say tyranny, a little bit towards another, let's say freedom. But they're always inching you know, you'll, you'll get a little bit of pushback for freedom, but you're always mo- making more progress towards tyranny. And that seems to be far more inevitable than I've ever thought. I mean, this isn't my first go-round with contemplating conspiracy. I mean, I, I've been contemplating this for many, many years, and I know you have too, Bobby. And I think a person's first reaction when you recognize, when you actually believe and you go, oh, you know what? I just had an experience... And, I, and combined with all these other experiences, it made me recognize that the media was lying to me or that 
certain elements of the government are very corrupt, or my neighbors just are really not playing for the right side here, you know, things like that, and you actually believe it, and you go, oh my gosh, you start to look at the prophecies in the scriptures, and you start to look at all the alternative media, and you, you immediately think the sky is falling now. You think, okay, I got I to gotta get out of town. I got to stockpile guns and ammo. You know, then you accidentally lose those in boating accidents. Yeah. Accidences. Accidences. <laughs> you lose them. And, uh, you know, but that's your immediate reaction is, is it's happening now. And then, and then you have to settle in for the long haul and realize this is a marathon. And I think a lot of people who have that awakening, they also then come to a point where they go, well, it hasn't happened yet. It'll not, maybe it'll never happen in my lifetime. And that's a possibility. It, it, if you want to continue the marathon analogy, I, I think they're in the... <coughs> people try to tend to speed up at the end of a marathon. I think we're in that last kick. You know, maybe the last mile or two where they're, they're, things have definitely accelerated over the corona period but but even if you go back to 9-11 i think that was a a beginning of the acceleration because we've had a lot of crazy things happen since then right with a lot of a lot of it financial related but also let's not forget about like obama's health insurance mandate which is which you know consolidated power and that elevated. wrecked that wrecked the medical system the right. big the big thing everybody thought was the biggest problem was this impersonal mandate to force you to buy it but w- once that had been exercised once that power had been exercised over us for a few years and we found out that uh, John Roberts for example was an obvious turncoat i mean that guy right. everybody thought he was great right bush appointee uh he I, I don't know what, if, if you think, if you think that the, the Supreme Court justices are going to save us, or if you have a relative that thinks that, tell them, <coughs> think again, well, br- already, brother or sister. But Already these appointees from Trump, uh, Kavanaugh and um, Amy Coney Barrett, Barrett have been cowards, already saying cowardly cowards, things. Yeah. Cowards. Or, yeah, they're, they're, they're siding with the other side. This, uh, anyway... Um, Let me pause for one of the greatest sounds in human history. Okay. All right. I have forgotten everything. I have become like a little child. <laughs> I'm that was the, the opening the of a today. That was the opening of an aluminum can. <laughs> <laughs> can of you should have poured it into ice. You know how they do that yeah. at the movie theaters where yeah. it crackles. Yeah. This is not an fizzes. ASMR podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> What were we saying? Anyway, the, the Supreme Court, um, the Obamacare thing, yeah, the, the mandate they had was um, very egregious, and it finally gets rolled back after, after many years. The Republicans sort had, bo- the, yeah, sort of. The, the Republicans had both houses of Congress and the presidency, and they still couldn't do it. They right. still couldn't do anything. But it finally, finally, the, the, penalty part of it got taken off the table. And I can't remember the exact circumstances of that. But everything else persists. And our healthcare system was, dare I say, on the air, effed up a long time ago. (laughs) Well, yeah, because again, in the most basic terms, when you have somebody else paying for anything, 
And you don't see the cost of it. The, the, the incentives, the pricing, everything's going to get out of whack. And of course, the, the insurance companies, they don't want to cover certain things. The medical establishment says everything's got to be covered and everything is suddenly very expensive. So like, you know, think about the last time you were, you or someone you knew was in the hospital, you get a bill. Well, how much did each little thing cost? Nobody knows. You could probably break it down or request that information and then you realize that you're the, the, the bucket of towelettes they gave you is cost 300 bucks or whatever. Well, and plus they're doing all kinds of things they don't need to do. Right. And that's because they can just charge you for it and they know you've, they've got you over a barrel. But I think, I think your question is, your original question is more interesting than the health insurance mandate. What was the question? Do we, what do we do? Well, that and also, do we really talk about the nature of this war? And I don't think we talk about it enough because, or, or if we do, that's all we do. And we don't actually engage in fighting the war very much. Well, they're, engaged, they're definitely engaged in fighting the war. That's the thing. Well, the other and, side is, yeah, of course. And, and the, they're overtly engaged. You want to tell a little bit about this Travis Scott Drake concert thing that happened? That, that was weird because I saw some pictures of that and there was some very overt occult symbolism going right. on. A bunch of people got killed. It was strange. I don't know all the details. Yeah, I tried to do a little bit of homework on it. I, I didn't even know who Travis Scott was, but I'm an old... I thought he was a country singer at first. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a country singer name. That just sounds like a, but he's a rapper and he had this. Is there a genre of uh, country rap yet? Mm, Lil Nas sort of crossed that with the horses in the back. I think I remember that. How'd that do? Well, it was a big hit for a while. What's that song called now? I can't remember. Something about horses. Yeah. I heard that song a lot. Um, Like I, because I've mentioned I, I work with teenagers and they you know that song played a lot a couple years ago so there there's also i saw netflix is really promoting heavily a black cowboy movie Hmm. you've got the guy from pacific rim is his name idris elba or something is that how you pronounce it yeah he's kind of the main well-known star in it have you seen the the previews for this they're hitting it Mm -hmm. heavy right now Mm -mm. you you a netflix subscriber Uh uh-huh of course of course i've got to get my programming yeah uh Anyway, they're hitting it heavy. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing just from the preview I saw that it's, it's rated R, 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 R. Um, it seemed pretty violent, but it's a hip black cowboy shoot 'em up movie, movie. And I'm not saying that in an, any sort of a derogatory way. It seemed sure, pretty just, stylish. Right. But man, they, they're like going all out and it's highly stylized and it's got the rap music and it looks pretty intense. And, uh, so there's a little bit of a cowboy slash uh, rap intermixing mashup. mashup. Yeah, it may, that might be the next uh, frontier, the next Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is we're not black and we're not cowboys. So how do we exploit this? Right. Well, if you listeners out there have any ideas about how we can make millions of dollars in this new frontier of media, I'm planning on please to make, comment. I'm planning on making millions of dollars by building and designing anti-racist overpasses. Okay. But Travis Scott's a rapper. I okay. couldn't tell you any of his songs. Don't know anything about him. He had this concert called Astro World in Houston. 
and yeah, the stage design was very much, um, there was like a portal and then they did some, like from a technological standpoint, it was pretty cool What because they were able to change the stage with different props and lighting effects. The stage looked and, like a kind of a mountain to me. Yeah, they had a mountain. And it also there, looked like a pyramid. It had a mountain with a lot of eyeballs on it. Then there was a portal. This is overt cosmic symbolism, okay? And <coughs> it's still sort of the jury's still out, but 11 people, according to authorities, you know... Uh, First responder type. A lot of people are saying more than that. Eleven people had cardiac arrests on site. How many eight, people died? Eight of those people died. Now I've been to a few concerts and I've been to sporting events. People don't normally have heart attacks at these events, but it could happen. But not eleven people. So it's a really strange kind of uh, incident, but. There's videos because everything is videoed now, which um, a side note, citizen video is proving Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, defense case. I don't know if you've been keeping up on that. That Yeah, yeah, I have. And that's, a, that's an important thing also to mention just for the listeners. If, you've, if you don't remember, Kyle Rittenhouse has been black holed, but he was the kid who went out to try and protect uh, personal property, business property, uh, and individuals in the wake of... Uh, Black Lives Matter rioting and burning and, and right. uh, basically warfare, urban warfare there in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. He lives in Illinois, but he went out mm-hmm. and he had to defend himself. He, he brought a uh, rifle and, and he brought the most common, commonly used rifle that's uh, available for, and, and probably p- perhaps the most practical for self-defense and militia type of use, meaning militia means every man and his sons and their guns defending their homes and their property, which right. is exactly what Rittenhouse was doing 20 minutes away from his right. home trying to help friends. Okay, so this was a, a modern example of why we have this. Right. And people are out burning. They're trying to, they're trying to destroy property. And uh, he was out trying to keep order. And he had a med kit and his gun. And he ends up under f- attack oh, yeah. from a bunch of statist agitators maniacs. maniacs yeah i don't even want to call them leftists but they are essentially leftists but these are these are statist anarchists so this means people that the oligarchy has hired to destabilize uh hired and induced via propaganda and other uh motivating factors they they've induced them to create violence to destabilize the existing order meaning the existing governmental or uh, stability structures in order that the government can in within a few years the oligarchy not they don't, the oligarchy w- waits they have plenty of time i mean they've they've defunded the police in minnesota big time and they they're going to get what they deserve and what will happen is the government or the oligarchy will come in with a an unaccountable force from an outside source either contractors or a, or a federal source that's their goal with destabilizing your local police force is they want to have people that you don't know, people that are unaccountable, even more unaccountable than they are now. With $100 trillion at their disposal. With $150 trillion. (laughs) And they're going to police you on things like climate. Okay? Right. That's the problem here. That's the ultimate endgame with the the Black Lives Matter stuff and the Antifa garbage. It's funny that Antifa is so blatantly misnamed. Right. It should be... That's part of the joke. It should just be named Fuh. 
But well, but anyway, Rittenhouse had to defend himself, and he ends up shooting and killing two people, and then shooting and injuring another person. You take it from here, Bobby. Well, I've said enough. The, the the media coverage of the trial is is like it's really interesting how they are all spinning it. But the trial itself, and it's been on TV and in the internet, is is an absolute farce. And Rittenhouse should be should have never been tried in the beginning in the first place. It's very obvious that this was a self defense situation. Right. They even had one of the wit star witnesses for the prosecution admit that he pointed his gun at Rittenhouse and was then shot. Right. That's the, there's a picture of the prosecutor face palming over yeah, this. Yeah, it's a joke. And because yeah, there, this should be over but the media hundreds of years ago. The media is calling that witness the lone survivor of the Rittenhouse attacks. Like it's absurd. That's amazing. The, the media, you don't think the media is lying to you? Watch that trial and then read the mainstream media Watch the headlines. footage of Rittenhouse on the ground. They're trying to kill him with a skateboard and right. a gun, and they've already fired at him down the street. And he's on the ground firing up at determined, aggressive attackers. He has everything and then some as far yeah. as self-defense. This was self-defense. You know, uh, statutes go. It, the, the idea that you need to have the ability, opportunity, and jeopardy conditions satisfied is satisfied in triplicate it here. Was, it's textbook self-defense, and yeah. he should be acquitted. He should have never been tried. But we kind of got on that because of citizen journalism, citizen video, and, you know, because it wasn't the news video that people are, are using. You're to, doing a good job staying uh, uh, getting out of the weeds here in these <laughs> tangents, man. It, it, it wasn't news coverage that your, is I'm, I'm helping I'm impressed at your him. mental acuity. <laughs> And Maybe. I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm trying hard here to distract you. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, you're right. You're back to the, back to the main thing. Uh, citizen, well, citizen journalism. Right. And citizen journalism should get, you know, and I say should because you never know in the, in the system, right? With corrupt judges and lawyers and plea deals and all that, but should get Rittenhouse acquitted. Well, citizen video, you know, of, of attendees at this concert, this Astro World which is an interesting name because it makes me think of AstroTurf, which is a way of you know, fabricating and kind of false, false energy, false movements. This Astro world. Yeah, Astro is a, is a cosmological term, though. They're talking right. about, they want you to think cosmos without thinking it. AstroTurf, that as a political term, comes from the fake Yeah. Oh, it's grass, sure fake, yeah. Which is meaning a fake... Um, uh, movement of freight. What's the word I'm working for? Ground. Uh, grassroots. Grassroots. Yeah. yeah. AstroTurf doesn't have grassroots. There are no roots. It's fake. Yeah. So it's AstroTurfed. But uh, anyway, Travis Scott concert. So people were collapsing and, and dying. And those bodies were just lifted up in the crowd and sort of crowd surfed away. And Travis Scott just kept you know, the show must go on. He just kept seeing. Well, there were people up there yelling at the producers yeah. to stop the show. Stop now, the were, show. The crowd know, was chanting. Were they getting pressed? Was that why these people were in cardiac arrest? Was it because of pressure? Because, you know, if you push a bunch of people together, you can cause that. It could have been. Um, the videos don't really show like a, a ra like a rowdy, like mosh pit type thing. It just, it was more, of, and again, I'm going by, you know, from what I've what I've looked at is, it was more of a 
<clears throat> sorry, sorry. So was that the Pfizer variant or the Moderna <laughs> variant that caused that? Were you were you around a lot of vaccinated people over the weekend? Because that I might have been. I was I in do Las wonder. Vegas. Yeah, I do wonder because but I was outside most of the time. Yeah, I was feeling a little bit weird. We'd been at a a wedding reception where there were a lot of people that were vaccinated. Well, everybody apparently was vaccinated at this concert because you had to show proof to get into it. Okay. I don't know what caused the the heart attacks, but to have 11 in one event is obscenely high. Like Did, just obscenely yeah. high. Did you... Um, and there were also reports of people being pricked with needles. That's what I was going to ask. Did you see that? Was that... Did you see anything that... It, I never saw anything, but... I'm just reading the reports. There's a, lot of, there's a lot worth. of strange occult satanic symbolism. You know, and I'd call it anti-Christ because it wants right. to take everything that... They want to take a lot of the symbols that really should point to the true gods and use them for their own dark meanings. Pe- people are saying it was a satanic sacrifice, a yeah, satanic ritual. that's what it looks like. And it looks and it sounds like that. Now... And we're, we're talking about this because they're on their side, they're doing stuff, they're fighting, and, and we're running, running amok like... This stuff is not new. Yeah. A, a lot of concerts, especially ones that are going to be have a large, large audience, like a Super Bowl halftime show or a Olympic opening ceremonies, are always very symbolic, and usually for the dark side. Right. We, we did address this... Um, Earlier this year, right. the Super Bowl halftime show was one of those for, right. for this, the ages. The l- last year's Super Bowl. Dark symbolism shows. Look at the... Um, it's super symbolism, the, I think is what uh, it's called. The 2012 London Games, the opening ceremonies for that are very symbolic. But this, so this show had a lot of symbolism, and, and, and that's normal. And a lot of people say, well, that's just art. Well... Maybe, maybe not. But now you add in all of these strange deaths, as well as allegations or or uh, reports of ne- people being pricked with a needle with who who knows what they were injected with. It, it's just a very dark energy, a very dark event, and it's one of the ways that this war is being waged on us. That this stuff is normalized, but it's also look. All religions have rituals. All religions demand sacrifices. When when, when uh, Bobby says that, he says all religions. Of you're, course. You're, my first thought, and I'm sure your first thought was, okay, yeah, the Protestants, the Catholics, yeah, we all have rituals. No, no. All religions have rituals. Ritual is part of religion, and I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a good part. It's a righteous principle. This idea of ritual and symbolism and a word we like in Mormonism or in the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm, I'm a Mormon. Okay, I just want to say that publicly on the air. I'm a Mormon. That's, okay. See, it's easier to say Mormonism than it is to say the doctrine of the Church of, the G- of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That, well, I, I call that <laughs> correlated doctrine. But the, the word we like is similitude. We, we use that word a lot. And it, it's symbolism. It's foreshadowing. It's foretelling, and oftentimes, put it. oftentimes those things are are carried out in rituals. Rituals are not in and in and of themselves dark or occult or evil. Right. Just because you're having a ritual doesn't make it bad. Right. But that's that's I mean, the Thanksgiving way it's been dinner. Painted. Thanksgiving dinner is a ritual. 
Right. But, but in, in media in the last hundred years, the idea that, oh, Christian ritual or right. any ritual is kind of painted as dark, right? Well, a theme we touch on every other week is inversion, right? And good, honest, religious ritual rooted in truth gets inverted and becomes a ritual of worship or uh, uh, a... a uh, Man, my brain today is especially bad. I thought you were doing pretty good. It, I can do fine on normal things, but then I try to think of a word like adore. That's what I was looking for. Adoration, ritual, uh, worship, and adoration. It, it only took you just a minute, and you filled the dead air really nicely. <laughs> I mean, we could cut that. You could you could fix it in post. Yeah, I'll fix I it know in how post. much you like that. But the, the we we see this a lot with the inversion of truth to just blatant lies. And then it's called truth. You know, good will be called evil. Evil will be called good. Well, what is worship? I mean, let's let's talk about worship for a minute, because that is, I think, an interesting concept. What does it mean to people to worship? Well, there was this, there's an image while you're, you're looking something up, it looks like, but there's an image from that concert, a video. I'm just browsing the internet, but keep going. There's a video. Just looking for a good deal. Some... By the Christmas, way, you can, you can always deals. you can al- already start getting Black Friday deals, and you're going to want to do your Christmas shopping already because the supply chain is shot to hell, and you're not going to be able to get your normal crap that you usually get, <laughs> you know, on December 23rd. But there's an Im- there's a video where there's a dead dead or unconscious body being kind of crowd surfed along at this concert. And Travis Scott is elevated above the crowd, uh-huh. almost like he's floating, but he's on a little platform, but he's way above the crowd, and he just keeps singing. And it's a really, just from an image, the imagery is extremely, you talk about worship, here are all these people at the feet of this guy who is, in, you know, in, 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 incanting a chant and spells. You want to talk right, about it in those terms, right? That's and a really good way well, to put it. And we've talked You're about describing this really well. We've talked about entrainment, and people describe a low frequency, kind of low bass frequency that is not normally a part of his songs. That was there, like a. Okay, so this could have been that entrainment we were talking about. It was maybe it was one of the Catherine, Catherine Austin Fitz uh, episodes. I can't remember which one that was. We'll link to these on the podcast. Episode nine was our symbolism breakdown of the of the Super Bowl but but this idea that there are are frequencies that that are you uh, that highly sophisticated people are using groups are using to to induce in the public a certain state well, think about is a real thing think about music for a second and you had it okay hold that thought though because you're saying think about music Get, I, I want to come right back to that but you, I want to reframe for the for the listening public that's all those people out there that have been entranced by Bobby's voice for a minute you, you were painting a picture where the rapper was up top watching the crowd is down below but they're lifting up to their god as it's he's a, a sacrifice or, or priest as he's as he's chanting the incantations a right. dead a literally dead body right Okay, because I hadn't with seen... The, with the mountain and eyeballs and hands. Right, this is freaky because I hadn't seen that. I have not yeah. paid that close of attention. And the way you're painting the picture in my mind is, makes a hell of a lot of sense. 
Yeah, it's it was a it, there's people who have who were there who have released you know little TikTok mm-hmm. videos and vlog type things saying this was dark. This was right, but I, I know I I know I've distracted you, but go back to that. You were saying think about music. Can you remember where you were at there? Yeah, well, think if you think about music, and you you had a guest on who t- you guys talked a lot about music. Every single one of you can think of a song that you know when you listen to it is going to invoke certain emotions, memories, energy, and mu- music has a power to invoke positive spirits, po- positive energy, positive feelings, and the opposite is true. Music can in, in invoke demons and darkness. And, right. You the, know, let, me, let me just say this really quickly. The powers of light and sound largely shape our existence. So it's resonant oh, yeah. resonance and the power coming from light that largely shape our existence. It is. I mean, who 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 doesn't stop and pause at a at a spectacular sunset? That's just light. Right? Light has the power to do the same thing, to invoke emotions and energies within us. Well, this show, this concert, in most concerts. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of sporting events really are are light shows. They're lights and sounds. When we were growing up, I don't know if this is still a thing, but when we were growing up and I'd listen to like K-Bear 101 or X96, local radio stations. Yeah, you guys already know we live in Utah. Right. He's not giving any great secrets away there except some of the music he likes. <laughs> there was the ads all the time for the Laser Floyd show. Do you remember those? Yeah. Where they'd have the, they would, you'd go to the planetarium, the planetarium and it'd be up in Pink Salt Floyd Lake. music with, with lasers the, with lasers and lights pro, uh, projected onto the planetarium roof, you know, the Did they have like roof. an epilepsy warning for that? I don't know, probably not back then. Did you ever go? I never went to anything like that. I think I went to a similar one at on the campus of Utah Valley University, back then it was Utah Valley State College. I think I went to one there. Or maybe I'm just remembering my astrology class there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that you'd sit, in, the, you'd sit in, the, in those chairs and they'd lean back. I love the planetarium. The, these chairs at, yeah. the, at the university one would lean back, so you're, it's like a recliner. And you watch the, it on the ceiling. And the teacher would you know, put constellations and stuff on there and it's dark. We all just fell asleep. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the point is light and sound can evoke energies and, and, and emotions and spirits, dare I say. I don't want to get too like new agey sounding, but really, well, our that's spirits, what it is. Why Bobby, do you think Bobby, we our, sing in our church? Spirit's real. Our, our spirit's real. Why do we sing in church? Our spirit's real. Are there? Of course. Okay. Yes. We all believe that. Right. Except for a, a very select few of true atheists. True atheism, I think, is hard to find. Sure. Because there's always some sort of a hidden religion or energy or something they actually believe in that you can't see. And it, it's like, well, then that's faith, right? Right. And, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, evolution. See, evol- and it, with the evolutionists, it's all just time. Sure. Time was the thing. And then they keep extending the time because mathematically it doesn't quite work to... The bacteria couldn't get the flagellate over that many <laughs> tries. It needed to be a trillion other more tries. And so they had to have a, uh, another billion or 10 billion or 100 billion years tacked onto the age of the earth for that to have actually been possible. Sure, so, sure. so yeah, their God is, is this time, the evolutionists, the, the ones that 
you know, that's sure. just an example. There's plenty of other people who are atheists who. Well, I, I think that, as you said, like, with the exception of a small number of people, everybody is going to pick something that they're going to treat as a god and as a religion in their life, whether it's actual religion, you know, like a, I don't want to say actual. Traditional is what Traditional, like a, a church, a denomination, whether it's statism, whether it's this pursuit of, you know, a career and money, there's something that someone's going to worship. Right. And a lot of it's about what's going to save them, right? Right. What saves them. And so right now it's the state that most people think is going to save them. And in, 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 right. in today's vernacular, literally, it's a vaccine. Literally that, save them from there death. There are people literally who think that the vaccine is saving them from death, certain death. Imminent. Imminent death. Even though the chances of them dying, if they contract the virus, are on par with the seasonal there's a lot of people illnesses. who believe the vaccine is going to save them from imminent death who have already had SARS-CoV-2 and recovered without, without severe complications. And yet they still think that they need that vaccine to save them. So it's a religion. We've, talk, we've talked about that. The state yeah. has a religion, right? And but the, high, and the but, high priests and but, the, but I think, I think the it, rituals the, and all that. I think that conversation is worth expanding. It's not just a religion in the sort of narrow definition of a place to go on Sunday and a, de- a denomination, but it's a religion in the sense of ritual and sacrifice and doctrine and dogma, all of these, all of these different kind of things. I'm waving my arms in circles. Right, he's go, waving them big. That go along. Big circles. That go along with, well, it makes me out of breath. <laughs> that go along with religion, right? There are... It, it, it's this, like, like you said, it's this idea that that is the, the source of, what's the phrase I'm looking for? We, we, the, well, there, there's one that I, uh, comes from, you'll know, that says that Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. Okay. Is that Romans? No, I don't remember where okay. that is. I'm surprised. It's in the New Testament. So others That one's are, obvious. I only, I only get the ones that are not out. No, uh, I'm just kidding. Others, <laughs> others, so others are going to to substitute Christ, substitute whatever else for Christ as the author and finisher of their faith, whether that's the state or whatever. Hebrews and, twelve two. Okay, and then they act, then they act upon that, and, and they live their life like that. So I'm not saying the people, I'm not saying the people at the Travis Scott concert were knowingly participating in a religious ritual. I think they were the. Unknow, un, unwilling, not unwilling, but just they thought they were going to a concert. Right, but the, this, yeah, and that's the strange thing about living in this world is you get dumped into it, and as a little child, and this is why um, Mormon in Moroni chapter 8 would be saying, look, little children have no need of repentance. You're, we're so naive. We start out so naive. We believe everything. You can get your kid to confess to, you know, when they're two or three years old, you can get them to confess to all kinds of crimes they didn't commit, then spank their butt, you know, and tell them they're evil or whatever. And then you find out that they didn't actually do it and you feel terrible. I mean, that's never happened to you, has it, Bobby? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, that's little children need no repentance. They need, they need not change their minds. They, they're so believing. They believe you. And they, there's, there's some point. as children grow up, that they start to believe. And it's a gradiated process. It's, when, when they turn eight years old, like, have you ever had a conversation with an eight-year-old? I have. Sure, okay. sure. Those kids, 
Perhaps there's a reason they should be baptized, but there's a lot of reasons they shouldn't be baptized, quote unquote, as per the, the standard cultural expectation of what that really means. Okay. Because, you know, you're, you, you, there, why, why would we want to hang somebody's cosmic, the, 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 the outcome of their, their earthly choices, you know, the, the responsibility of all of their, um, all of this purported one and done uh, one and done test the sin test as I call it you no know, you scored 67 on the sin test telestial kingdom for you <laughs> um, why would we want to hang all of that on a kid that we won't even allow to own a gun to smoke to have sex to do you know to drive a car to vote to vote uh, you know we're gonna hang that on an eight-year-old right right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, th- it's funny how society is, has worked up these strange uh, expectations, these norms or whatever. But, yeah, like you need to show ID and proof of a medical experimental injection to go to a restaurant, but you can go and vote without any ID. Right. Like, what? Which one of the? What one of those things is is more consequential? Like, well, you you can, so you come into this world right naive, a, a babe in the woods. And um, the whole thing, the whole thing is, is designed to, to distract you and to enslave you, enslave your mind, and make you believe things that aren't real. And we have this very narrow, very narrow understanding. I know I'm stereotyping largely here, but people in general have this very narrow definition of what religion is when their whole existence is a religious experience when it's a spirit when it's all a spiritual experience and everything everything every single thing you do every day and everything you encounter may be loaded with abstract symbolism it may be loaded with messages from god or the devil it may be loaded with uh you know evil that's that's designed to get you to to become disloyal to your creator the true right. creator right and and you've got people running around naively like yeah they're going to a concert and they're like we're just here to hear we're just here to hear a little cowboy rap or whatever it was or whatever the rap was <laughs> right and and the, and those guys are like ha 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 you know fresh meat you know like vampires right. feeding upon well, who knows the naive even, people who knows if even Travis Scott knows what he's doing well, yeah that's a good point i mean he's i don't a know a lot of these like people said, are I don't highly know much controlled. about him really i didn't even know who he was when when this all happened um, but a lot of these entertainers, you know, they come out of nowhere and for a few years, they're the, the hot ticket. And then they kind of get discarded when their usefulness is over. And, and then the, the next one moves in and, and then, then they, they become a real estate agent in Southern California. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they put out a couple more songs, but they, there's very, there's very few of them, especially when they're sort of the hot ticket, when they're 18, 19 years old that continue to be you know, like the the it seems like the age of what well, i was going to say it seems like the age of like the the transcendent generational rock band like a rolling stones or u2 are, are, are there new rolling stones and u2s are there the next do these you, types are you of saying bands? do we have anybody that big not necessarily that big but that that's going to be that big for that long anymore i don't i don't know maybe uh, who, uh, one name comes to mind is taylor swift has she been that big 
I just hear I hear her name I mean, pop up every once in a while. She's big, but I think she's one of those ones that she was a country singer at first. Uh-huh. Same with um, I haven't fully been fasting of media the last little uh-huh. while, but I have diminished it. If I was a chain smoker, six packs a day, you know, I'm down to less than a pack a day on my media consumption. I think I think Taylor Swift's still out there. She's still making music, but she's not the household name that she maybe was five years ago. I don't know. I. I'm kind of just going by feel here, but she was a country singer and then they turned into a pop singer because you can sell a lot more albums. Eminem, Drake, apparently this Drake guy who I don't know very well, he, was he one of the guys at that concert? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. I, I hadn't heard his name associated with what, it. What was the concert called? I think it was called Astro World. It was Travis Scott was the headliner. But what I'm what I'm getting at is that these entertainers are used by the industry, which is probably well not probably, which is controlled by the oligarchy. They're used to to uh, to send certain messages, certain frequencies out there into the world. Do you know any of these people, Travis Scott, S C S Z A, Chief Keith, Bad Bunny, Tame Impala, Baby Keem? Z1 Savage. Oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I've heard of that. Young Thug. I know Tame Impala. They're actually, I like them. I like that band. So if you, if you, but I didn't know any of the others other than Earth, Wind, and Fire. If you look up top music artists, you see Taylor Swift, Eminem, Drake, Justin Bieber, Kanye West, Beyonce, Lady Gaga. Do they have any staying power, those guys? Bruno Mars, The Weeknd, Adele. These are recent. Yeah, people, see, obviously. but those are all individuals. Like, I, I is the super. I think m- maybe Imagine Dragons will still be making albums in twenty five years. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's a little little tangent there. Well, it's just it's commentary on where we're at because the music industry right. pay, plays a significant role in the war. the The society of the world changed dramatically in the last. 70 years, post-World War II. Mm-hmm. And think about what happened there. You had a new golden age with a new emperor in Harry Truman. We've talked about this before, I think, but I get, I'll say it again. Harry Truman was the first emperor of the world. The Russians were scared. Everybody was scared. The United States had massive power, a massive economic engine going. And the United States of America in spite of any perceived Cold War, thoroughly dominated the world from 1945 until Joe Biden botched, Joe, Joe Biden's handlers, the oligarchy <laughs> engaged in, an, in, an, in, in what I, I think was best called an intentional act of geopolitical vandalism in Afghanistan over the last 20 years and then yeah. unceremoniously just dropped it. Yeah, I would say it's hard to put a, a date on the death knell of the American <laughs> empire just yet because it, it's been a gradual decline that I would say was accelerated on 9-11. Right, but it's, it seems to be there's an obvious intention to shift to a more right. global, a well, more China, obvious global structure. And, and China is going to be the next emperor state. I don't know. I think we might be back to Eurasia, East Asia in a more obvious way. Maybe, but still, so much. Oceania. So much of the economy goes through China for for everybody. But that's what they're. I think the last few years they've been attempting to 
to dislocate that, to change it. And that's why the global cap CB, CB, CBDDs, whatever they're doing, it's central bank, digital currency, whatever they're doing, they're creating a a significant break between uh, China that you had the Trump trade war. You've got all the backups in the ports, right? So what does an entrepreneur like you do? They try to source things locally. It, that, that causes a, a rebuild up of your manufacturing Maybe what they're base. doing is setting up China to be the, the great other, the great enemy. I think so. It justifies a global empire. I, I, again, I, I'm not ruling out China, Chinese people taking uh, the West Coast of the United States. But I think they want uh, to build up a robotic manufacturing base, kind of like the movies Terminator. Mm-hmm. The, the Terminator movies. Right. Did I say that funny? But anyway, now we're off onto the potential geopolitics. The, the spiritual war, I think, is a more interesting discussion right now, personally. Well, the spiritual war is the foundational war. It's the war that determines yeah, I shouldn't all even, the rest. I shouldn't even say that. The, re, the real war, the, big, the broader war. It's like I think I said last week, the, the war in heaven, what we like to call the war in heaven, never stopped. We didn't win that war when we decided to come to earth and follow Jesus. We, that war is still waging. and. And it, it's it's probably even more effectively being waged because we have the veil over our eyes. We don't remember. We don't see. And so we're easily fooled. We're easily beguiled. Yeah, I see that. Uh, there's some nuances in all of that. that you say the war didn't end because we decided to follow Jesus. Well, that's the traditional narrative, I know, that's right? the narrative. But what really happened up there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're told, and it gets back to my comment on the sin test. Right. Because in correlated doctrine, mm-hmm. more, this isn't Mormonism, this is correlated LDSism. The idea is that you're here to be tested, and it gets to the issue of theodicy, which in Greek means the justice of God. Why would a just God loving us subject us to all this garbage just so that we could become like him? Is that the idea? He had to create this evil world so that we would become like him. And uh, Satan didn't like his plan of agency, so he then... We kind of... This, is, this has been something that's bothered me for a long time in our, in our uh, terminology. We kind of present it as if it was an election with two sides with you know, uh, differing opinions on the best way to a certain end, right? Like a, you know, a mayor's race or something where, oh yeah, the Democrat, well, I don't like his economic policies, but he's, mm-hmm. he's good on, th- on this and this or the Republic. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that at all. It was a, it was a rebellion. It was an insurrection. There's that, there's that word that has no more meaning, word, yeah. but <clears throat> we don't, we don't talk about it in terms of an actual war with fighting and, casualties there was there was spiritual literal spiritual death in the war in heaven we are yeah we're blinded a little bit in mormonism because the uh, correlated scriptures that's what what you'd call a canonical uh endeavor creates correlated scriptures it creates canon you ever think about that why why do we um, care so much about these scriptures instead of other scriptures, right? We have things c- called the Apocrypha, the Pseudepigrapha, the Book of Enoch, the, the books of Enoch. The uh, lectures on faith. Uh, the lectures on faith, which used to be can- canonized right. and got decanonized by a committee in 1921. Thank you, Anthony Ivins, Joseph Fielding Smith, and others. 
um, the uh, the Nag Hammadi. There's Gnostic works out. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of material that might help fill in some of the gaps on on these questions about what really happened there. And I I think it's important for you to for you to point that out that the, there was an insurrection, right? But what was it against? Freedom and liberty and agency. Right, it, but it more I mean, specifically, but to yeah. put it in to put it in the ancient terms, it was against the cosmic harmony. It was right. against the cosmic covenant. Well, and if you if you believe the 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 King Vala discourse, it was against the tradition, if that's the right word, or the pattern of gods becoming di- gods. Divine, yeah, divine. I was going to say divination, but that's not quite the right word. Divination is good. The the uh, uh, d- d- divine theosis. Theosis is the word. Right. Theosis. D- the the idea that man can become like his father, God. Right. That that is your. It's your goal to do nothing less than to go from grace to grace, from a small degree to a greater degree, from exaltation to exaltation, until you can sit down to dwell with those gods who dwell in everlasting burnings. This is the path that all the other gods have walked before you. It's is what Joseph Smith, right. founder of the faith of Mormons, <laughs> said. Right. On right. April 7th, 1844, in general conference. It wasn't, a, <laughs> it wasn't a funeral sermon. It was a month after the funeral. Yeah, yeah it was a... General Conference address where he used the death of his friend King Follett to expound on these things. Right. He, he says think, in the beginning, like, I've been a lot of people have been asking me what Right, because he talked about the nature this. of the the nature of the of the dead. Where are they now? Why you know what what does all of this really mean? And he Right. The the, the people the people that had heard about that prevailed upon him to expound on what he had said at the funeral a month and, earlier. And, and he expounded. And then he had to come back a month and a half later at his second, it was actually uh, the King Follett April 7th address was his second to last public address. Right. The last one they called the Sermon on the Grove and it was rained out, which is really unfortunate. Right. But he only spoke for about a half an hour and he said, uh, and he had to talk about the plurality of gods. And he's like, I've always preached the plurality of gods. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Well, the Book of Abraham, which we have in our canon, talks about the gods. Now, that wasn't in their canon at the time. Sure, but it's in it now. <coughs> Excuse me. Right. Well, the, I think what's important here, well, it's all important, but this I, it's this idea that we are, tr- we are in a very small moment in a large cosmic... I'm waving my hands again. Conflagration. Circles. Cataclysm. Yeah, this dust co- this up. cosmic circle. The cosmic harmony, the cosmic covenant, the thing that kept order in that system where the gods helped their offspring become like them. Something broke. There was evil that, that uh, attempted to take over the system, and the evil was quarantined... <coughs> Evil. There was a lockdown that occurred. <laughs> we could totally statify well, this. There was a lockdown that occurred, and it was locked it was down here. Yes. It now was, this is this is different. But think about the consequences of for those for those who followed Lucifer, or the consequences of a, a victory in that war would have would have broken the cosmic. <sighs> confluence the cosmic circle or the, 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 it would have broken the, this 
eternal nature. Round, yeah, the eternal round. Where gods would cease to be gods. Right. It would right. have destroyed... Well, the way I the way I see it, and there are there are uh, yeah, it would destroyed God. It would just it would have destroyed everything. But the way I see it, and this is by looking at some of the other sources. As I say, maybe I should email this out to the people that are on the email list. Yeah, we just start doing it. I just thought but, of I just remember Truman Madsen's voice in one. I think it was his, one of his Joseph Smith lectures where he says, "This is deep water, deep water we are swimming in." <laughs> but I don't think it should be. See, at Joseph Smith's time, in Joseph Smith's day, for him to say Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were separate gods, that was something that has taken three or four generations for people to chew on. You know, Mormons don't have a problem now with this whole we can become gods. The problem is we have, in a lot of ways, become like the Pharisees and substituted checklists for our personal connection with the very real God that would take us there. And it's mm-hmm. required that we have a personal connection with him. Otherwise, we are cut off and, and living in spiritual death. Right? Right. Because if what life... There, there's, a strange, there's a strange moment in the Book of Mormon where in Helaman chapter 14, I think, where Samuel the Lamanite's up on the wall and he tells them, it's the death of Christ that brings life, that brings resurrection. And all men, ha- since, the fall of Ma- since the fall of Adam, having fallen, are considered dead, both temporally and spiritually, having come here. That's, to be here is considered to, to be dead. That's the crazy thing, right? And so I, I, I just kind of want to summarize what I think happened. I'm not going to get uh, very far into it, but there are, there are extra canonical sources. That means not inside the canon that fill in the gaps here. It appears to me that Satan had, or Lucifer had, a, he was known as Lucifer, which means light bringer at the time. He was a son of the morning. He was a morning star. That means he was, that's a technical appellation or title given to beings that had ascended to the highest levels of the cosmos. And he had seen the residence of the father gods he had seen their, the state where, that they inhabited, and he sought to set his throne above them. This is in Isaiah. He says, O Lucifer that has fallen from the heavens, you sought to set your throne above the gods, you know, or he said, I sought to set my throne above the gods, the most high God. So he wanted to usurp the system, right? He wanted it to, he wanted the glory and the power to flow unto him and from him. And they, so what he did this, is a, this comes from a, a text called the Interrogatio Johannes. And I'm well, not I, saying... I think you're going to say it comes from Loki and Thor. Loki and Thor. It could. <laughs> it's, this tradition shows up in a lot of places, but sure. uh, there's a... Some call it the Secret Supper, sometimes the Book of John the Evangelist, but it's a, it's a Cathar scripture. Now, the Cathars were a group of people who, I think, came from John the Beloved's teaching uh, efforts, and Mary Magdalene, who I believe was the wife of the Lord. I think there's a lot of evidence for this. Yeah, Tom Hanks thought that too, right? <laughs> In the Da Vinci Code? Yeah. I think the, the, the Da Vinci Code, I think, there's a lot of truth was there. a lot of fun. I, I like stuff like that. There's a lot of truth and there's a lot of craziness. Sure, but it's fun. But, but coming out of that Templar tradition, or right before, actually it's right before the Templar tradition, 
were these Cathars. The, the word Catholic and Cathar are actually very related, but in, in, a, in a very dramatic episode of history, the, the Catholics exterminated the Cathars in what's called the Yellow Crusade or the Albigensian, Albigensian Crusade. And the Cathars lived, you know, in southern France and in Spain and stuff. And anyway, I think they kept up the traditions, the true traditions, not the, the ones that morphed into the Catholic traditions. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that, that's where this, this bit of scripture comes from. Remember, remember the Doctrine and Covenants. It says, read this with the Spirit and you'll get what you sure. need out of it. Okay? So the, the, this text describes Lucifer at the highest levels. He covets the throne of God. Then he goes through the entire system, all the way from the top to the bottom. He goes and takes a tour of the system. He comes down to the lower levels, and then when he re-enters the heavens, he starts to negotiate with all the angels there, and he renegotiates their contracts. And it starts to sound like the parable of the unjust steward. It's very similar. But what he does is he comes to, to Bobby, and he's like, Bobby, how many barrels of oil do you owe the Lord? Because now, remember, Lucifer is a high-level being. He's ascended far higher than any of these other schmucks down low, right? Well, how many barrels do you owe the Lord? And you say, 75. And he says, well, write down 60. Your contract's with me. I, I, I'm worked this out for you. He goes to the next level. And the, the uh, people there, he starts talking to, and he's like, well, how many barrels of wheat? How many, how many bushels of wheat do you owe the Lord? A hundred? Write down 50. Your contract's with me. I'll take care of this for you. He gets up to the next level. You know, how, how much do you owe the Lord? And he changes the contracts. Well, they stop him at a certain point. The gods of light do. And then that's, that's the part we're all, that's missing from our narrative is that there was a recommendation made, a council was formed. This isn't the first council. There have been lots of councils of creation, right? Sure. <clears throat> then there was a council formed. You had a problem, right? You've got, a imagine yourself in the heavens with all these folks and everybody's going, well, did you, have you been talking to him? <laughs> What's your contract <laughs> what, look did like? You, yeah, what does your contract look like? What, now remember, this is all abstract allegorical. I'm right, not saying right, that they right. were, it was over barrels of, of or buckets of bushels of wheat, barrels of oil or over, whatever. It could have been over oil because all of our wars are fought over oil, right? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> the spice must flow. <laughs> right. Have you seen that movie yet? I have not. I want to go out and see it in the theaters. Anyway, uh, this is interesting though. This is very interesting to me because it sort of explains what the dynamic might have been in this in an otherwise harmonious cosmos where all the energy all the contracts all the it's often described in terms of the planets you see it in the book of mormon too there's moments where alma talks about it. he says don't all the the planets in their in their uniform and orderly movement doesn't that testify of god that testifies of the cosmic covenant okay the cosmic covenant <coughs> is the thing that keeps all these things in order and it's it's the law against which the punishment was affixed that, that Lehi talks about in 2 Nephi, okay? This was not the law of Moses that, that there was a punishment against. It was the cosmic covenant that had the punishment that caused us to be here, because if you come out of order from that covenant, you must be separated from the gods. You, you become separated, which is spiritual death, and to be permanently separated would be the second death. So, so anyway... In this, uh, in this text, they, they stop him and they say, okay, we got a problem here. 
and then he gets cast out and all these things happen, right? There are, there are other texts that also describe what happens. There's one uh, by the Archbishop of Alexandria, Timothy, and it's called the Discourse on Abaton. And in the Discourse on Abaton, Adam is selected as being like unto God, and God gives him dominion. Now, this you've got to read between the lines here, because the text basically says that Adam is being likened to God, that God wants all the angels to worship him. And Satan won't do it. He says, I was in, I was in creation before him. Rather, he should worship me. And God gets angry, you know, and there's a, there's a, a fight, and God makes the angels... He has to take away via cutting. Now, we're too young to remember the cutting that occurs in the Mormon temple ceremony, but this is important, okay, because this is a ceremonial evidence of what might have happened, that the powers were cut away from, from Lucifer, and he was cut through the, the, the vertebrae in the back, and he was left strengthless or powerless on, in the lower levels of this system. So... But the, but the reason that he um, was cast down was because he wouldn't be subordinate to Adam. Abraham chapter 3 talks about Abraham seeing the intelligences that were before the world was, and you get this interesting interjection at that point where uh, God says, you were one of them. Here, these I will make my rulers. You know, he kind of explains that the, the people or the intelligences, the beings are like the stars and they all vary in glory. And there are some really noble and bright ones, great ones. But I, the Lord, am the brightest of them all and the greatest. Well, here are the noble and great ones. You, you were one of them, Abraham. You were in this council. And, and in the council, there's a man or a, a heavenly man like unto God. Well, that's Adam who is made in the image of God, like unto God. That's a title of Adam. It's, it's interesting because there's, there's lots of strange isms that we pass over. Ancient, uh, what would you call them? Modes of, of uh, telling about, uh, of naming people and, and who's who, you know, titles and stuff. And so Adam is the one like unto God. He's made in the image of God, right? So here we see evidence of that in the in the. Book of Abraham, and everybody generally in correlated classes, I think you'd back me up on this, right? Don't, for the most part, they say that was Christ who says, we will go down for there is space there and we will make a world. It's not. It's Adam. It says Adam is the one, because he's the one like unto God. And then further, it clarifies that there was one like unto the Son of Man. And the Son of Man is a title of Christ. Now, other, other people have received that title, like Ezekiel in the Bible, but the Son of Man is very clearly not the Father <laughs> and not Adam. It's Christ there. So this one who is likened to God is Adam. So we even have evidence in the book of Abraham that, that it was Adam and Satan who were having a little bit of a feud there over who receives dominion in this world. And, and, and the, the reason I brought up the earlier text, the Interrogatio Johannes, was because it tells kind of what was going on here. So when, when Adam says... That, they, that the Lord saw all these souls, that they were good. He's talking about the rulers, the, the bright ones. The, the, they hadn't rebelled. They hadn't renegotiated their contracts. He saw these souls. They were good. And, and this one like unto God, he says, of the rest, of everybody else, we will go down. Think of it. Think of the plan of salvation drawing without all the other stuff, just the celestial terrestrial and telestial and think how you put the one on top of the other 
we will go down. And that's what, that's what the interrogatio and a lot of these ascension texts describe as an up and down type of a movement. And this is what they say of Jesus. He's the one that ascended upon high and descended below them all, right? So he says, we will go down and we will, for there is space there, and we will take of their, these materials and we will make a world whereon these, everybody else may dwell. And we will prove them herewith. And we will see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. This is so important because it wasn't a sin test, okay? It wasn't like, oh, it wasn't like, oh, hey, here, here, there's, here's this guy, Bobby Flood. I'm a little worried about him. He's going to get 56% on the sin test, and we're going to have to put him in a lower kingdom forever. Reminds me of my math scores. <laughs> the, point, the point is about loyalty to Christ, loyalty to the gods of light and the system. That's all I'm trying to point out. I know I've gone, I, I wonder if we have anybody still listening, because <laughs> I know I went on and on and on there, but that is the point. It's about... We have a war going on, and the, the issue is not whether you, I can't even say the words on the air, because it's funny, the things that you care about when you're a kid, you know, or before your mission that you confess to your bishop, if you're a young man or whatever, you know, it's not whether you smoked a joint, okay? <laughs> I'm going to use that. It's not, whether you, it's not whether you watched a bad movie. Are you loyal to the God, the true God, the true God of the cosmos, or are you loyal to the one that has the wool pulled over your eyes? That's what I'm trying to say. That was the only point, is to prove if they will do the things the Lord, their God, will command them. Right. Not the Lord, their bishop. <laughs> okay? Sure. Or the Lord, well, the or the Lord their elementary school teacher, or the Lord, their governor, Cox, or the Lord... It's just, oh, you Lord, get it. it's just you Lord get it. Cox. Lord Cox. First of his name. Well, yeah, that's... Thanks for humoring, humoring me there for a minute, Bobby. No, I, I, if you're still listening, leave a comment at myenvirus.show. <laughs> <laughs> You've made it this far in. Yeah, let us know who endured that. No, that, that, was a good, that was a good tangent, and it's relevant to the situation that we're in in this world. Well, I think it's nuanced, right? It's different than what we teach, slightly different, and it makes an explanation for not only the severity and the intensity and the, and the reality of what's going on, but, but it's also like, you know, chill out a little bit. Don't worry about that you swore the other day. <laughs> I'm not saying you should act like animals, right? I'm, like sure. a lot of people that get, a lot of people that break out of their religious institutions, whether you're Mormon or whether you're a Protestant or whatever, or Catholic, well, the reaction a lot of times is just to go do all the things that were forbidden. Mm -hmm. I've seen people become alcoholics. I've seen plenty of families destroyed. People who start to just use language that, um, you know, doesn't flatter them. Sure. I'm not, if, if, we, if we can't rise above the beasts of this world, the animals, we are no better than the animals. We are supposed to be gods. This earth was created for us to be, to prove that we have ought to be given back our chance to progress and become like gods. That's why this, this creation, this particular creation, was set up for us to see if we would be loyal to that idea and to the gods, to the true, actual living beings, in intelligences, personalities that participate in that system. That was the point of it. Not, you know, but, but so I'm saying don't like, act like animals, but if you do... If you happen to do that, you know, 
it's easy. They provided a savior, <laughs> but you got to try to be loyal to that savior. Right. And, and, and so, and maybe a lot of things we think are sins. Maybe that F word isn't such a big thing, but, but again, I think that we should try to behave with grace. And if to you, that's not graceful, don't do it. You know? Right. That's quite the rebuttal to the Travis Scott concert. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> or response. But it, it, it is relevant in the sense that, that, and we've talked about this a lot over the course of our, our show here and our time here, that this world is a, is a fallen, corrupted imitation of the real thing. Like, you know, there's always the joke that this is a simulation. Right. right. Well, it is in the sense that it's it's a it's in similitude of or or a symbol of our of our, of our progress of, of descending yeah. below all things and then working in ignorance mostly trying to reascend back to the realm and the and the beings that we came from. That's why I like these these movies that we've we've looked at a little closer in past episodes and some that we will look at in the future all have this this theme of of ignorance like descending or falling into ignorance and then learning you know line upon line little by little clue upon clue sometimes with big epiphanies right yeah of course cuz yeah. a whole bunch of little like when things... like when free guy puts the glasses on right he's like he flips the gun around and right. takes the takes right. the glasses of the player but there's several epiphanies in that movie yeah where you know, like when they realize that the the real world is on the reflection. I don't want to give you guys too many spoilers, but there's a moment where it's very, very profound that the true world can be seen on, on a little reflection. We haven't yet uh, broken that down, have we? No, we need to. We're giving we're giving you lots of time for your homework. It's been out long enough <laughs> that you can watch it. You can even rent it on like Apple now and stuff. So it's you not get it on Redbox. I think you can. Probably. I think that's only a buck, right? I don't know anymore. With inflation, it's three bucks, but it's ten dollars now. Yeah, but and then and then in these this theme, so you you learn little by little. These people learn; these characters learn who they who they really are, what their true nature is, and it always yeah. Free guys on Redbox. It always culminates in reunion with their with, maker, with the father, with <laughs> yeah, the with, creator, yeah. with in, in some well, cases, father and mother in in right certain cases. And oftentimes there's the female wisdom character right. in these films. And I think they're really great allegories. And they can be fun, like Free Guy. They can be a little more uh, you know, somber, like, say, Field of Dreams. But the theme, the theme, the theme is always the same. And the, it's this, and I think people, people, regardless of when they lived, where they lived, what religion they are, what race they are, we, we've all got this innate desire to ascend and return to our father our creator it's it's in every culture it's the, it's, it's built the in monomyth yeah it's built in <coughs> but of course you have the glittering as as Hugh Nibley would say the glittering earthly imitation and yeah. aren't we taught i mean i don't think this is just um, in american in the american ethos but the idea is you 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 grow up and you try to improve your situation right that's mm-hmm. We're, we're improvers, right? We, I think throughout history, most societies, fam, the families that exist, they try to improve their situation. In a lot of cases, they can't, and it becomes very depressing, this idea that you're just... And I think the rulers would like you to have 
that idea that you can't improve. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't move them. ahead. You can't change your stars. It's another corruption of a, of a real doctrine that the ultimate savior, the one that improves us the most is through the atonement. The, the only one that can do it in any real way. Right. So again, it's another imitation. Like you can't be safe without the government. You can't be healthy. You can't be prosperous. Give, give us all you have renegotiate your contract yeah. with us and we will provide you your every need. You will owe nothing and you will be happy. Right? <laughs> Speaking of- a And you won't have to make any choices either. Right. Yeah, we'll make those choices for you. We'll tell you what's true. We will we'll be tell you what to inject. your single source of truth. We will inj- we'll tell you what to inject into your bodies, what to take into your what body. What to eat. Yeah. We'll tell you when and where you can travel. And when it's time for you to leave, we will make the decision- on the end of your life. Yeah, when you turn 65, you don't retire, but... Just turn you you'll off. You'll retire. And retire this Doing way. air quotes. We will retire you to the inferno furnaces that also power our secret coal plants because green energy just isn't working. Or or in the more salient green <laughs> right, we idea, will, we will just recycle you back into the food supply. Speaking of glittering imitations, you know, I mentioned that was in Vegas. Is there a more I know. apt example of a glittering imitation? Everything there is fake. It's a, a fake Roman Colosseum, a fake Eiffel Tower, a fake, Eiffel Tower, a fake yeah. New York City, <laughs> a fake uh, Italian vi- villa. It's, yeah. it's all a, a fake Egyptian pyramid with a giant beam that shoots into the air that you can see for miles and miles. Yeah. That, that place and, is and, and just the, fake. It's Pleasure Island, right? It's Pinocchio's Pleasure mm-hmm. Island. It's a place where you go thinking you're going to have a great time and you end up turning into a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I did not turn into a jackass on this trip. We didn't even go downtown. We were out in the sprawling, indistinguishable suburbs. Yeah. Talk about a sprawl. Oh, oh yeah. Man. I mean, that's great, though, when you get to Vegas, because it's kind of in that little bowl. Mm-hmm. So when you get up on the edges, you can just look down on it, and the strip looks really small. Yeah, it is really small relatively, especially how big that city's going Like, have you been up to the temple there, the LDS temple? Uh-uh. Yeah, I, I went to a wedding there one time, and we came into the speedway and then turned left along the mountain. So we never really even got into the strip. And mm-hmm. that was kind of fun to miss all of that. It's not, it's not terrible. I mean, Vegas is a place to live and, and people raise their families there and stuff. But the, the center of it is definitely this huge thought experiment, right. so to speak. Right. Yeah. And so, but from, from up on the hill by the temple, it's like you're looking down on, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good place for a temple. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that the, the church... Cough, always, coughing brought to you by Pfizer. The church always tries to find elevated ground to build its temples, and that's that's some symbolism there. They'll also artificially elevate the ground. Sure. Like uh, down in uh, St. George right now, they're putting in one in Washington County that's yeah, I just drove by kind it. of in the flat, but they've built it up as big as they can. Yeah, I just drove by Put it on a little hill. There's still a lot of rebar and scaffolding and yeah. whatever, but... Um, yeah, the, 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 the world is dripping with symbolism. You know, the Doctrine and Covenants talks about that. You mentioned it, how the, the planets and, you know, the mountains and the streams. and the- Everything testifies of this God, and the pl- planets at least testify of that cosmic harmony. The animals, every, the, uh, the whole creation is praising God except for us. <laughs> right. Well, that's because we're... We're easily fooled. Well, we're the ones being tested to see if we will do all the things whatsoever the Lord, sh- our God, 
will command us. Right. Just simple loyalty to Christ. It, it is sort of a yes or no question, but it plays out over the course of your, your so, whole life. So can we, can we, because I think a lot of people, especially in religious culture that has a lot of checklists like we do, they would argue that loyalty to Christ is the same as loyalty or these check boxes, like making sure you're in church every Sunday, making sure you pass certain checkpoints mm-hmm. or do certain rituals, you know, regularly or, or participate in certain coming of age rituals. And I'm not just talking about LDS. I'm talking about all sorts of right, churches. You have confirmation, you have, uh, bar mitzvahs. Yeah. In, in, in LDS church, you have, you know, priesthood and missions, know, pre- priest, priesthood, advancements, missions, temple, marriage, temple, and temple weddings, temple marriages. You have all of these sort of checklists. Right. The Catholics I, have I, the seven sacraments. That ends with the last rites. Somebody, when you die. I don't remember who it was, but I thought this was interesting and, and accurate. They, they said the LDS church is excellent at, you know, ages like zero to 18, as far as like, yeah. And then terrible after that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they talked about another, like Protestants are bad at the youth, but better at, Oh, okay. I think it was Protestants. I don't huh. remember, but I thought it was an interesting observation. It's like once you're home from an LDS mission, it's sort of like, okay, you're you're good luck. You're you're done now. Well, you're- I like to I like to say that the LDS <coughs> are very similar to the born agains. You know, the born again idea is that you just have to know the day that you were saved, the day that you knew that Christ saved you, and then you're good. And uh, so we're like the Bornigans. We just have a longer checklist. <laughs> right. <laughs> a much longer checklist. So, but, but in, in a non-checklist way, what are ways people can, can do this? I guess this is turning into more theological discussion than sometimes we Sounds we a little Sunday do. schoolish here, right. Mr. Flood. Right. Brother, brother, brother Flood will now... I'd like to turn the time over to Brother <laughs> Flood. But I don't know. It's an itch, uh, from a philosophical standpoint... I guess it's one of those things. President flood. It's one of those things that has to be negotiated with you, you between you and, and God yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, I. I mean, if you want my opinion, you tell us your opinion. I'll tell you my opinion. Well, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking that, like, okay, we, I had this conversation earlier. There's sort of a tradition in Mormon culture that, well, you only. You know, for young women, will say like, "I will only marry a return missionary," as if that's some sort of guarantee of a, a celestial finding, kingdom, a, finding a good catch, a good, a good guy. Well, there's plenty of good people who don't serve missions, and I can attest from personal experience, there's plenty of jackasses that do serve missions. It's, it's <laughs> you no, heard it here first. <laughs> it's no guarant, guarantor of, of, of earthly celestial bliss of marital bliss it it it, it's just not i mean that's and i don't think anybody would take issue with what i'm saying because we all have we probably all have experience we can say well that's true now i can't remember why i brought up that example well (laughs) i'm not sure exactly where you were going with that but the, I guess the, the point was the, I I had asked you, well, in in lieu of the checklist, what is the right thing to do? I think that's what you were getting at. You were getting at how um, there's a different, there are different things we should be focused on, 
rather than right. I guess I guess you can go and then these norms. You can, you can check these boxes without any without without any actual relationship with God. You can just go through the motions. I mean, draw close to the close to me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. And it's fairly simple to do. I mean, you you can even do it without <laughs> you could even do it and convince yourself that you're not lying. You know. Right, just fake it till you make it is what right. they say. And and there's this in 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 one way, in one sense that we we're all lying or you know, faking it till we make it anyway, because you know, we have this phrase in our in our culture called that we say temple worthy. And I was thinking about this the other day, like what what does it really mean to be temple worthy? Well, in our culture it means you have the you can answer certain questions in the right with the right answer, the right yes or no answer. It's literally just it's it's that quick, right? It takes five minutes to go through this these twelve or whatever, how many ever, yes or no questions. And there's not really any room for elaboration or discussion. Well the yeah, the whole temple recommend idea is kind of interesting. It's but, probably not something we should get into here. Well, maybe another time. I don't know. But perhaps. But I, 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 guess, gets, what I'm very... at, I guess what I'm getting at is, is, and this is something we come back to a time and time again on this show, is you need to have the Spirit in your life. You need, look, it's, it's the, the church is saying it. The church has hashtagged it, right? Hear him. Yeah, but that's not what they mean. I, well, okay, and okay. I know we've kind of avoided a lot of the, but, we've avoided a lot of the church topics, but, but let's I don't it, think... Maybe, maybe not, but let's take it at face value. I'll and, be the devil's advocate. You be. I'm just saying. Let's you take be it. Spencer uh, W. Kimball's advocate. <laughs> oh, by the way, you mentioned Spencer Kimball. I was I went to the BYU football game a few weeks ago. As is your tradition. Yeah, we like going, but I I entered the stadium from a different way than I normally do, and I went through. Um, where there's often like some tailgating and, and there mm-hmm. was a guy there and he had a copy. You went through the commoners? <laughs> yeah, I went. Well, I, just, I usually park on the other side. Anyway. Okay. But uh, um, there was a guy there on mm-hmm. the street corner mm-hmm. and he had a copy in his hand of the book, The Miracle of Forgiveness. Really? And he says, would you like a free copy of The Miracle of Forgiveness? I said, oh, no, thanks. I've got it. Have you read it? I said, yeah, I think I have. He goes, are you doing everything inside the book? And I said, no, probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. And he just kind of looked at me and I just, I, and I said to my friend, I was like, he's the guy that, he's the reason why Mormons are considered so weird. Like, leave me alone. Like, it was just really <laughs> odd that he'd be pushing that particular book, which is kind of fallen out of favor in, in uh, yeah. traditional Mormon circles it's i don't pretty, even know if it's, it's still pretty harsh I've, I've never read it but i've heard i think i don't think i've read it cover to cover i've heard some things from uh people who are well connected that maybe there was some consternation on kimball's part that it was a little too too much maybe but i've I just found he was very uh, a lot upset. of kids he was upset with us and we didn't take it oh the the guy that was yeah. giving out books right but okay, so that's strange that somebody would be pushing that. That's very that's yeah, very strange. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just a little odd. But it was one guy. You want to get? Maybe this is why they've canceled all the pageants. But the pageants. Yeah, it was a place for detractors to come. Would out come. And say I remember stuff. the first time I ever went to the Manti pageant. There was a lot of 
you know, what we'd call anti-Mormons mm-hmm. arguing and, and it mm-hmm. was interesting. Okay. But getting back on topic, uh, let's take the hashtag here. I mean, I don't say hashtag with any kind of facetious or it's literally a, that's what it is. It's like hashtag hear him. Right. I, if oh, you start talking about this, I might give you my opinion well, on the air, which might be problematic. Let's, well, so. you don't have to do that. I'm just saying, let's okay. take that at face value, okay? He, hear, hear the words of, of Jesus Christ. Okay, you're running the discussion. You're, you're uh, Russell well, Nelson's advocate. Well, I'm the devil's no, advocate. No, I'm going. just... <laughs> no, I'm not anybody's advocate. What I'm saying is that only, that only individuals, only me and you can figure out for ourselves what that means to hear him and what we're being, you know, what words are being taught, what is being, what is, and what is being taught, right? What are you doing here? That's what we've got. <laughs> I'm observing the teachings of these people. Right. What is being taught? The philosophies of men mingled with scripture. Right. And that phrase has been. And how is that teaching being received? That phrase. That Very well. We're going to get DMCA'd. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. Go ahead, Bobby. That phrase, philosophies of men mingled with scripture, is really a, that's a like that's a bad phrase in our culture. I don't think it's I don't think it should be because everything we learn is the philosophies of men mingled with scripture. I mean, literally everything that we learn is you you hear a nice story, a nice parable, a nice anyway. I got up once in fast and testimony meeting and I said Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. I'd like to share with you a little bit of the philosophies of Jordan mingled with Scripture. Right, I'm sure that <laughs> snapped people out of there. Yes, it did. Well, but, I got but a f- bunch of funny looks and some smiles and is. laughs. That's what even a general conference talk is. Someone's going to share their personal experience, and then they're going to liken it to a gospel principle, and that's great. That's fine. What we have to distinguish, though, is which is which, and that's part of hearing him. That's part of us navigating through this, this blind world where we don't have a lot, of, where we have a whole bunch of detractors laughing and scorning at it, scorning, scorning us. Scorning? Is that a verb? Scor- yeah, scorning. <laughs> I think so. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> we, the point is that it, what we've come back to over and over, you've got to learn to hear the voice of God in your own life. Yeah, but what does that's, that mean? Well, because that's what it, the whole hashtag. This is where right. I take issue. Is is like they say, they say that hear him means do your ministering, which sure, by sure. the way is a bastardization of the home teaching program. Right. But what we've always said is, did we, I just say that on the air? What we've always said, what we've always said is, you've got to learn to hear the voice of God in your own life. And what does that mean? I don't. I don't know what it means for you. Okay, but tell me, what does it mean for you? Well, that's a good question, and that's what that's because the what, whole wrestling. That, that's the whole idea that they're trying. They're trying to get you, they're hashtagging for the church so that you, they can get all this social media attention by having sure. all the reverberations and people having a discussion, and then people get put up there. Well, I hear him by listening to General Conference. I hear and, and him, maybe that's true. I hear him when I go to church, but Bobby, okay, this is where I'm. I'm going to sound. <laughs> this is where you might have to cut me off because you know maybe you don't want to be associated with me. <coughs> there are only two churches, right? Okay, and the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he employeth no servant 
there. Right. Okay. The Lord, his work, he says in Moses chapter 1, verse 39, it is my work and my glory. Those are first-person possessive words. It's his work. So do you actually believe that he will answer you? Do you believe that you are talking to him? That is the question. Are you that confident in, in the knowledge that you have and in the conversation going on in your head, if that's what's going on, or in the prayers that you have, or in the secret chambers of your house and your heart, that you're actually communicating with the true God of the cosmos? That is the question, because Joseph Smith indicates this is, this is a high bar. He says, look, knowledge saves a man. Knowledge saves a man because when we pass beyond the veil, we will encounter spirits in the other world that have more knowledge and consequently greater power, and hence we might be held captive by them. That's a paraphrase. Right. But the reason I think that uh, this is so, so difficult for us, it's difficult for me, is because we've we've been brought up to validate each other. And that's one of the reasons we go to church is we validate each other in our beliefs that we're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. This gets back to lectures on faith again, which are not in the canon anymore. But in the third lecture, Joseph says that there are three things that are necessary that a person needs to have in order to have faith in God that will result in salvation. One of those is belief that he actually exists. Second is a correct correct understanding of his character perfections and attributes and the third is the knowledge that the course the person is pursuing in their life is what god wants all right that's those are the critical keys you have to have correct understanding and knowledge from god that you're doing what he wants and so that's the problem is it's really messy who am i to judge you and what you're doing and that's what i've been saying but that's the whole point of a temple recommend is to judge you Yep. Yeah, you could put it that way. And, and it's to deter. But, that's why the that's, that's why the hierarchy. But what you're saying is the linchpin of what I'm getting at is that everybody has to figure that out, figure that out on their own. Yeah, but that's what makes church so problematic is that we believe we have, as a culture, developed the checklist or guidelines or the or the uh, covenant the, boi- path. the boilerplate covenant path form that you can you can fill it out and judge that this person is abiding in Christ because they do their home teaching or they, I know it's called ministering. I don't even want to call it that. That's a, that's a deliberate propagandistic attempt to change the language. Right. Ministering is when true messengers come with truth. Right. That's not right. what you're I, doing. And, and checking we, in. We, it's not we, what you're doing. Checking in on your friend on Facebook. Right. Right. Okay. And no, they cha- I, they've I'm changed, they've that. changed the language on a lot of things. And that's where the, that's where the whole hashtag come unto Christ is problematic because if everybody starts to say, well, I hear him by going to church, I have to ask you the question, has Christ ever told you not to go to church? Right. And why would he do that? Is it, a pos- is it even a possibility? Because no, that's a heresy. Good. What I just For said sure. is a heresy. Sure. Well, and these are, these are the kind of philosophical and, and spiritual wrestlings that I think we, that should be happening at church. Where we go to wrestle with God like Jacob did, and to yeah, but this discussion is anathema. I mean, well, I, is it I, not? I, yeah, probably. 
probably is. We might is finally, it not? We might finally get you that phone call. You and I both call. know that it is. No, no, no. But, it well, has, but it has been. Saying, it's not. It's not well received. It's but, not well received. But you're what? But you're also not saying things in any definitive terms as far as you're presenting ideas. Right, and those ideas, I think, in in my experience, in my experiences with um, people in church, just presenting the ideas, the constructs, you know, because you could, you, you could. There are people who would say, "No, you are what you're doing here is wrong. You are doing exactly what the Zoramites are doing." You know, th- this is uh, What's going on here in this ward or in this, in this culture, if it's, you know, if it's going on in one ward, it's probably going on in a lot of wards. That looks a lot like what is not good. This looks sure. a lot like the Pharisees. This is, looks a lot like the law of Moses. And um, you, could, you could go out there and you could paint it that way. But I, I haven't. But I have certainly tried to say it in other more soft terms. And that is not well received. It's, a, it's sure. sort of like, sure. well, but we do... But we also do this, and we, you know, well, but, we focus on that. And, and kind of steering it back to our, what we've already talked about today, I think is that what you've got is, I think it's human nature to want to farm out our, our responsibilities. And you see this, right, with the government's going to save me from this. The government's going to provide me that. Well, we can, we can sort of... I think in our theology, in our culture, we are taught and we know that we're supposed to be progressing. It's easy to feel, to have a false sense of progression if you're checking certain boxes off. Now, right, you're right. I yeah, think it's I possible. I think that those check boxes can be sort of a a hedge or a lowest common denominator type idea to maybe help people to not act like animals. To yeah. And to maybe, maybe they, they, they can look at it as a floor and then they can progress. It can help certain people, sort of like the philosophy of the word of wisdom, right? Which is by way of greeting, but not by way of commandment. Well, and it's, it's, it's a a lesser law. It's a, you know, in, in Jewish culture, they have the hedge laws, right? That are not necessarily. So were the Jews now? No, well, <laughs> but it's this idea of like a hedge law is not a saving law or, or it's something that, it's an extra something layer. That keep, it's, it's something extra, that keeps you in the culture. Right, right. Or it, it keeps it, you on the good ship Zion. The, the, sure. ra- the railings are there to keep you on the ship. Right. And, and I, my point is, are you on the right ship? And I'm not saying, are you in the wrong religion? And that's where, and that's where I keep coming back to is, it's hard. It, we can't know. We can't know that for other people. We have to. We have to accept people, especially ones that we don't really know that well. You know, acquaintances and and maybe distant neighbors or whatever. It's not for us to say if they are or if they aren't. We have to say that for, mm-hmm. we can only figure that out for ourselves. And then if we decide, look, I'm not on the right ship. The right ship I need to be on is over there. Well, I think how the, do I get there? I and think that the congregation mean, that doesn't mean leaving the church or leaving religions. It doesn't mean that. At no, no, all. no, 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 no. But I think the congregation would be significantly different were it all made up of Bobby floods well, and a bunch of floods. It would be we, dramatically <laughs> different. We know that. But, but there's a lot of things you that and would I, be different if you it and was I, just Bobby Flood. You and I both know that. It'd be really boring. <laughs> no, it would be really interesting. <laughs> you and I both know that. Uh, 
<laughs> Imagine <laughs> forty Bobby Floods and Warden Jordan Bruno in a room. Okay, having elders quorum. <clears throat> one of one of each. Is too much. <laughs> so so, but you, you, what goes on in the hierarchy and what goes on in the culture is not that that the it's it's messy when it when you do that. It, you can't quantify whether somebody else is doing what you think is appropriate, and then then we get a control mechanism out of it. Right, right, and we've talked about that. But that control mechanism, I'm going to stop there. Well, again, you look at the bigger picture of the world at large right now, and institutions, we've talked about this a lot, institutions are engaged in a massive campaign of control, of taking things away from us, taking away our ability to choose just about anything. I mean, they're trying to determine with these climate movements, they're trying to determine what we can choose to eat, where we can choose to live, when and where and how we choose to travel. You have medical freedom being taken away from us. You have just the ability to participate in society being gatekeeped by institutions, including governments, including religions, including corporations. And I think that that is something going back to what we, we talked about, going back to this, this war in heaven this this counterfeit there are forces on the earth today that are that that's all they want to do is to destroy us and you one way you destroy us is to take away the one thing that allows us that little spark of divinity which is our ability to choose and progress and learn and gain knowledge and they can take that away and turn us into just automatons just faceless faceless literally faceless robots that do what they're told and th- and don't question it don't sure. speak out against it if that were allowed to actually happen the earth would be utterly wasted at his coming the the reason for the earth is to allow this or at least this creation and this iteration of it is to allow this loyalty test to play out and so i submit that once those once those conditions are met or as they're being met god will speak his sermons you'll see the lightnings the thunderings the sp- vapors of smoke, the earthquakes, everything. I, I really don't think we stand a, a chance, uh, you know, a snowball's chance in a jacuzzi of uh, surviving God fixing the situation. And uh, I have faith, hope that that will occur because the darkness that is looming seems, you know, really, <laughs> it's really depressing to think about, to see it in these terms. So, and and I, I but I have hope, and I'm excited to be. If you consider what we're what we're dealing with as we, as people, in this world right now, experience these things, embark on the shift from an old age to a new age, uh, contemplate the wrapping up scene of the prophecies being fulfilled, and all of those things playing out, and you're actually here in the world right now. It's like being on the field in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. You know, you're one of the star players. So you got to consider yourself that way. You're the hero or the heroine of this particular story. And you happen to be in the story right. at that time. So it's, 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 it's very exciting in that sense, but it's also very depressing where you have a great uh, looming, very obviously ominous evil. Then you, you know that that makes the story that much better. It's, it's not those great stories of the great heroes um, the ones that are the best are when the evil is the most, seems to be the most insurmountable. So, so that's you, that's us right now. So it's exciting and it's, uh, 
and it's dramatic and it's uh, devastatingly depressing at the same time. And I, I have hope and faith that uh, God will uh, prevail here uh, and that it's going to happen in some sort of strange, dramatic, drawn out fashion. I don't know. It, it's right. going to affect everybody and it's going to demonstrate their loyalty to either him or the other side or whatever. But for us right now, and I, I want to talk about, I, wanted, I came into this uh, discussion wanting to talk about, you know, what do we do? And it was more of in a temporal sense. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with what I think, and I'm going to give you the last word. <laughs> sure. uh, this is my final thoughts here. Uh, it has to do with the word worship, because it all has to do with what, you, with what and who you worship. And uh, there are only two churches as Nephi says in 1 Nephi 11 through 14, somewhere in there. There are two churches only. There's the church of the Lamb and the church of the devil. And everybody that's not focused on the Lamb, everybody that's not loyal to him is part of the church of the devil. So you could literally be in church. You could be that return missionary. If there's any girls listening that are thinking of marrying return missionaries, don't just marry them because they're a return missionary. They might not be in the church of the Lamb. <laughs> You've got to figure out if it's somebody in the church of the Lamb or the church of the devil. And the big issue is who you worship. And the old, uh, the word worship comes from the old English and uh, it's a West Saxon thing. I'm looking at the etymology dictionary here, but it gets divided into two different words, worth and ship. So the were part comes from worthy or worthy of dignity, glory, distinction, honor, renown. That's the were part or worth part of it. And ship, uh, it has to do with a quality, a condition, right? So it's a, a quality of worthiness, right? So that's, that's what worship as a noun is. The verb comes from the idea that you in, endow or endow in duo in Greek means to clothe. So you clothe that person in the reverence, the quality of reverence or the quality of attention or honor. And so that's what the verb is. You're, you're imbuing them with that quality from your standpoint. You're giving them that, that, uh, that level, that expectation. So I want to say that the word worship in modern English, the best way to retranslate that would be focus, your, your reverent focus, meaning reverent not in the, in the quiet, fold your arms focus, but your, your uh, awe. What you revere. What you revere, yeah. So, so what, do you, what do you actually focus on? I mean, and it can be out of terror, fear, and it could be out of praise and thank Thanksgiving. We have got Thanksgiving coming up here. So we, what do we focus on? What do we actually focus on? That is the key. That is the key to what you worship. And that is the key to, I think, finding God, the true God, the true creator, is to worship, to truly focus on him, them. And uh, so that's, that's my final thoughts. Is that's the one, Relative to this conversation today, in a, in a spiritual sense, that's the only thing we can do, is worship or reverently, intensely focus on God and not develop. I don't want to use the word develop because that's said a lot, but we must 
reacquaint ourselves and we must create the conditions that God we must repent, we must change our minds, our heart minds, and repent and create the conditions that God can plant in us to inscribe in our hearts the messages that he has. And I mean in a real way. I mean, you know, dreams, visions, hearing the voice, having the inspiration, more than just a feeling. But the good, the good feeling is good too. But it's, I'm talking about communications that are, that are real. And that's a high bar. I personally recognize that. I'm, not, I'm, I'm personally deficient in a lot of those ways. I get it. I'm admitting to all of, to all of y'all in my cowboy rapper ways <laughs> that I am deficient in communication with the Lord, but I know that he's there. And I know that it's hard. I know that there is a famine in the land in that sense. But the desert will blossom like a rose if we seek the Lord. There are people alive right now who testify of having had face-to-face interactions with him, and they don't mince words. They don't cover it up. They say, like Moroni said, that he speaks with a man as one man speaks to another in plain humility. Okay? There are people out there that have had that experience. It doesn't make them anything special. But it does mean that he will speak to you like one man speaks to another. And that was the message of the King Follow Discourse. That was Joseph Smith's message. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to men liberally and upbraideth. He won't scold. That's not in his character to make you feel bad for asking. The whole point was that you came here and you've forgotten everything, distracted by the, by the sights and sounds and the world that has been pulled over, over your eyes, and you need to reconnect. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end my thoughts there and give you the last word, <laughs> Mr. Mr. I don't Flood. have much to add other than your ability to commune with God is yours and yours alone. Don't give that away. Don't farm it out to third party. Don't, and don't treat it lightly. Um, that's, that's, that's something that each of us have that can't be taken away by, in, by any means, unless we just farm it out. It's and the give only it away. thing. We can't, you, you know, so, so reap, reclaim that if you've if you've farmed it out you know if you're just letting you know you know there's all kinds there's there's like 10 different parables we could choose from right if you know retake your <laughs> lamp and fill it with your own oil yeah i know i said i was gonna give you the last word but i knew you weren't don't don't let other people set the expectation if, right. if you're hearing the message that vaccines are safe and effective safe and effective god are they safe and effective oh i feel like they're safe and effective god told me they're safe and effective that's how subliminal messaging works. That's how the entrainment works. Just be, if you're hearing a message over and over, daily, weekly, on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Sundays, whatever it is, just because it's said repeatedly doesn't make it God's word. That's the thing. You have to allow the Lord to tell you something different. Otherwise, you can't change right. your mind and repent. There, often, now you get the last I often word. say, what do your bones tell you? You know, what, what, do your, what do your guts and your bones tell you? Is it different than what the newsman is telling you? Is it different than what your mind and what your feeling is, you know, your feelings are telling you? What do your bones say? And 
that's how that's just that that works for me maybe it doesn't work for you i think that's how you get the peace is when you know the, there's this uh this anxiety until you reconcile with truth and you're going to have the anxiety and you're going to be like yeah okay they're telling us to do this or that or the other or whatever okay 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 but until you reconcile with truth that anxiety doesn't go away well and there's always a new anxiety right <laughs> Right. Uh, apparently, 70% of the world suffers from climate anxiety. I, I saw that the other day. <sighs> apparently, I only know a certain 30% of the world because I've never heard of anybody. But oh, anyway, we're running out of disk space again, and I don't want us to lose recording. <laughs> no, this is a good place to end. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, again, as, as always, we appreciate you listening and tuning in. Hopefully you endured this conversation, a little, little different tone than, than some of our normal or uh, other shows. But uh, I think by now you guys kind of, you know who we are and what we are. And uh, so thanks for listening. And we will be back again next week. Another episode of the Mind Virus Podcast. Adios.